I went to my first on-campus party, and I was like, wow, this really sucked. Uh, they're not playing any of the music I want to hear. It's really hot in this room, and this is not what I want to do. So I spent a lot of my first semester trying to find my outlet, like, okay, I'm here, and how do I make this bubble my home? From Middlebury College, this is It's Not What You Think, a show about the way we navigate life unfolding. I'm Erin Davis. My first real devastating breakup was with a job. I got fired in one of those nasty nonprofit restructuring kind of deals. I didn't see it coming. In fact, I didn't know I was going to be fired until about five minutes before it happened. Or maybe more like five minutes after it happened, actually. That's when it really started to sink in. This was Chicago in 2007. It was my first job out of college. It really meant something to me, and I thought I was doing good work. I loved that job, but it didn't love me back. I spent the days that followed obsessively cleaning my apartment while the world went to work. So we turned on the local NPR station. I'm emptying the pantry, wiping down shelves, alphabetizing my books, and the radio kept me company as I tried to restore order to my life. I guess this is all to say that a few months later, a friend told me about a documentary school in Maine. They had a radio program. In 12 weeks, I can make a radio story of my own. So I left Chicago and went to the school, and I learned how to make radio or podcasts, really. And now, here I am, talking to you, almost 10 years later. It's not what I thought was going to happen, but it's definitely right. Sometimes, despite our best work, our best intentions, we simply hit a brick wall. This show is about what happens next. Brandon Hawkins is a Middlebury graduate, class of 2011. He was raised in New York City and came to Middlebury as a posse scholar. A high achiever and a leader in his high school, Brandon quickly realized that he wasn't the only superstar on campus. This is his story, as he told it to a group of students and faculty and his family on campus last spring. It was a challenge in the beginning, having to learn how to thrive in this environment where everyone is at the top of their class. I went to my freshman seminar, I wrote my first paper, and I was like, wow, you know, this is like my best. And I got it back and it was like a C plus, and I was like, what? <laughs> Professor, this is wrong. This is, <laughs> this is, this is Brandon Hawkins. Like, I'm not, I, don't, I don't get these kind of grades. Um, like, is this a problem? He's like, no, Brandon. <laughs> and he like went through it and ripped my paper off, and I said, well, I thought I knew how to write, right? So that was a challenge for me, like being the best and at that time, not realizing that this was to make me better, right? A better writer, a better student, better academically. And I was like really disappointed. So in my nature, I took that challenge. What action steps am I going to take to make this better? Writing tutors every day. Going to speak with my professor as often. I mean, I'm sure he got tired of seeing me. I don't know if you guys have Carl Lindholm, but I was in his office. And he was like, Brandon, Mr. Hawk. I was like, that's right. Um, waking up at 5 a.m., going to bed at 2, and my friends said I was a workaholic, but what it meant was that next paper that was a B felt better, and that final paper that was an A really felt good, right? 
I just remember working so hard my four years here, all the nights of studying in the library, the 24 hours um, doing finals period. I was like, I am exhausted. <laughs> I am exhausted. I worked really hard in high school to be able to go to a good college. Now I'm in college, now I'm working really hard in college. So, you know, getting my degree from Middlebury College, having that stamp of approval in my mind, it was the end of a chapter, but it was really the beginning of my life. After graduation, Brandon was accepted to serve with Teach for America. The program takes recent college graduates to under-resourced urban and rural public schools to do good work. His placement was in the Mississippi Delta. Mississippi is exactly what it sounds like, Mississippi. So there are good things about it, and there's a lot of things that need to be changed. So it's a beautiful mess. Brandon had family in South Carolina, so the South was a familiar place for him. But this was not the South that he knew. When I first got there, I moved into this house. I'm the first black core member to be put in my county. So they had had Teach for America before, but it looked different. You know, you had these young, recently graduated, white faces that were coming into the community, and then here I come. So I'm just different for everyone. I'm from New York. I speak differently. I look differently. I carry myself differently. I arrived to the home of one of the wealthiest families in that community who were basically my landlords for the house I was staying in. And I was like, hi, I'm Brandon Hawkins. And they were like, what? <laughs> um, and um, the woman said, are you ready for Mississippi? And it was the most chilling, her words cut through me like a knife. And I was very, I've dealt with prejudice before, but that was in a different way anyway. I remember being so upset and calling home and be like, I, you know, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And my mother said to me, you're not going to leave. And if they don't want you there, they're going to have to put you out. I say all that to get, kind of paint a picture of what I was going through. But I am good at building relationships, right? So you have to acknowledge what you're good at. So I built relationships with the members of the community who accepted me and who were willing to take me in. I went to people's homes. I made good friends with this family of a 70-year-old woman, Miss Charlena and Miss Audrey, who took me in as a member of their family, and I had Sunday dinner with them, and I ate with them every day after school. I took my students to Sonic and things like that because I'm the oldest of four, so I miss my family. So I did things that reminded me of my family. I am very spiritual. I attended church regularly because that's where I get my strength from, my family, my faith, and doing good works, right? So the more I was able to do to see a smile on my students' faces, the more I was encouraged to overcome the obstacles of being in a place where there was still a country club that I could not go in because I was black, right? So that if I went there, they were telling me, no, I couldn't go there. And then my coworkers who were core members were going to those places that I couldn't go because they didn't understand. So I'm in this liberal, progressive organization, but yet I'm not getting the support that I need. So I did what I knew how to do. I educated my students. And I don't mean just math and science and reading and writing. I mean teaching them how to tie ties, teaching them the Spanish that I learned here at Middlebury, teaching them about the different places around the world when they thought that Jackson, Mississippi, was the whole United States, right? You know, you can only change but so much. So whatever's in your locus of control, that's what you focus on. 
By the end of his two-year commitment, Brandon had made himself at home in Mississippi. I knew that I could have this good life in Mississippi. I didn't see where I could grow in Mississippi. So I knew I wanted to stay south, and I knew I wanted to go to a little bigger city. So I actually went to apply for a job teaching at a charter school in New Orleans. And I drove to New Orleans, went for my interview, and basically the next day I got the call and said that I had got the job. And it was really hard. It was really hard because my students, you know, I had named my classroom after my college. So here are these kids in Mississippi talking about Middlebury College, right? Mm -hmm. And the different other Ivy Leagues and how they're going to go to law school and they're going to be doctors and they're going to speak Spanish like Mr. Hawkins and all this stuff. You know, how do you leave that? When so many parents said, oh, I know you're going to leave after your two years, right? Please don't leave Mr. Hawkins. My son loves reading now, all these different things. It's hard, right? But something that I had to grow into as I matured as an adult is I'm a giver naturally, but I had to make a decision for Brandon. And I knew that even though I wanted to stay, staying wasn't the best decision for me in order for me to grow. So I had to leave. To the Middlebury students, I will tell you guys, you know, it's just stay in your lane, right? Stay in your lane and know where you're going. And like, you might be like, what does that mean, right? <laughs> what does that mean, Sam? What is he talking about? You know, oftentimes we compare our success, our achievement, our value in life is in comparison to what someone else is doing. So this person, God, when I got to the library, they were there studying. And I'm about to leave before them, like, maybe I should stay here longer. Or this person articulated themselves so well in class because they actually went to Spain and they've been abroad so they can relate to this topic in the book and I can't because I haven't been there. When we compare ourselves to other people, we really do a disservice to ourselves because what we're doing is devaluing our story and our strength, right? So there was a time in my life where I was like, oh, this person's doing this, well, I must be doing this, or I must be doing something wrong, I have to do this better. Until I realized that the person that I was in competition with or needed to be in competition with was the man in the mirror, which was myself. So I have learned to stay in my own lane and make my own path. These days, Brandon lives in Houston where he's a student at the Thurgood Marshall School of Law. He hopes to start a mentoring program and a scholarship fund for students like the ones he taught in Mississippi. And that is our show. Thanks for listening to the first episode of It's Not What You Think. And there's more where that came from. You can subscribe at our website, midcast.midcreate.net. That's two Ds in midcast.midcreate.net. We're also on iTunes. Just search It's Not What You Think. And we want to hear from you, Middlebury students, alumni, faculty, friends. If you know someone whose story shows that success is not a straight line from awesome to awesomer, be in touch. At the website, you'll find contact information, other stories about making it work from around the internet, and I'll even share that radio story I made while at the documentary school, the one I went to after getting fired. That's midcast.midcreate.com. Special thanks for this episode go to Andy Lloyd, Professor Rachel Jew, Katie Smith-Abbott, Gabby Fuentes, and Matt Lennon. I'm Erin Davis, and this has been It's Not What You Think, a production of Middlebury College. Thanks for listening.